Would you open God's precious holy word to Proverbs chapter 8? The first section of Proverbs ends with chapter 9. We may next week, God willing, keep going to the next section or we may stop Proverbs for a while. But uh, for now, we're in Proverbs 8, Ancient Credentials and Contemporary Calling. It starts out by extending a call to attention. Remember, this is instructional. We talked about this uh, especially last time. So we we continue in the same. Now, this is Solomon. Solomon writes uh, this portion and most of the Proverbs, really. Uh, but particularly this, the first nine chapters, he has personified, as we've already studied, he has personified wisdom uh, as a a lady, and uh, he has also personified knowledge and understanding, those, those kinds of things. And what is being drilled into the minds of these these, these lads, these young men who are being trained, and we talked about that as well. Uh, the rabbis believe that this was a very high level of instruction for a promising group of young men who apparently were being groomed for positions in Solomon's uh, rule in, in his administration as king. That's that comes, that comes from what is extracted by, by the rabbis from the timber of the Hebrew language that's used. Uh, we, we keep that in mind. And Solomon then continues down this same path of uh, personifying such as wisdom and understanding and so forth. So begin in, uh, in uh, verse one, and this is the call to attention. Will not wisdom call out and understanding give forth its voice? Now notice that there is nothing, there is no reason for wisdom or understanding or knowledge to be withheld from anyone. Solomon the king gives the example and everybody should follow the example of the truth that no one should be withheld from, from learning about wisdom, to learn about understanding and to learn the importance of instruction uh, and knowledge. So here, wisdom calls out, understanding shouts with its voice. Where? Well, first of all, on top of a high hill on the road. So very visible place, a place where people would uh, put their attention if somebody's up there uh, giving, giving forth a, a speech or whatever at the crossroads where the traffic is the busiest by the gates at the entrance of the city where everybody comes by one time or another and very important meetings are held in those days at the gates of the entrance of the city. At the entrance of the doors, she cries out, to you men I call and my voice is to the sons of man. So we see here in the the original text that 
that the, the intent is for everybody to gain wisdom and understanding and knowledge because these, when accepted into a person's life, brings discipline. Discipline brings a person into a life that seeks peace and seeks prosperity and seeks only good for other people and not bad for other people. We've already seen in the previous seven chapters the, the big contrast that's been made between those who are good and those who are wicked and this is the path you should follow. Don't ever follow this path. It leads to death. It leads to trouble. He's given various um, various subjects uh, that are to be avoided at all costs. Uh, so he says here, this is the kind of a thing that everybody is called to come to and to understand. Verse five, oh simpletons, understand shrewdness. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. So the contrast, now as, as Proverbs gets deeper on into the later chapters, there is a stronger and stronger contrast between wisdom and folly or foolishness. So here in the early part of the, of the instruction, the, the beginning of the contrast is made. Basically what the teacher is saying in verse five, you are a simple person, you're a simpleton until you receive instruction. This instruction, this understanding is available for everybody. If they'll just listen, it's available to everybody and you start out, everybody starts out in this sense in verse five, everybody starts out as a simpleton. You have to be taught. You have a, you have a simple mind with a simple approach, but at that point in life, you haven't been instructed in how to contrast discipline and instruction from a refusal to listen to instruction which leads to foolishness. And so the contrast here in verse five, understand shrewdness or, or craftiness. Uh, interesting word in the, in the Hebrew text. It, it speaks of somebody who has an organized mind. We've seen, we've seen this already, this principle already in earlier chapters and verses speaks of a person who has an organized mind, has a purpose, and he follows that purpose and he stays focused on that purpose. Uh, and when he does that, then he begins to understand things. For him to move, for example, in his plan, he can't foresee the obstacles that will come, the stumbling blocks, the problems. But when he comes to them, if he has an understanding heart, he applies other principles that he learns to apply to the problem where he is. He works his problem out. He solves his problem and he moves on. So this is part of understanding shrewdness and having an understanding heart. 
A fool, on the other hand, will refuse any of that and will just stumble through life almost, almost blind. And the great instruction that's made here is that the call is to these young men to follow the path of wisdom and to listen to it, shout out. To review some of the things that we've already seen, all the young man has to do is open his eyes and, and observe those who have followed the correct path live a, a life of honor and, and dignity and, and they are noble in life and they, they are to one degree or another, they are successful in what they do and they abstain from these, from these baser things of life uh, that lead into wickedness and evil. They stay away. Remember, it starts out, remember, uh, it starts out with the teacher telling the, the young man not to hang out with the wrong people. Nothing good ever, ever happens if you do that. That's what he tells him. So one principle is laid uh, upon another, and all one has to do is observe where the, where the fool ends up with his life and the failure that he is, and where the guy who has followed wisdom, he has received instruction, and through that, he, he understands a disciplined life, a focused life. Consider where he is. Consider the kind of life he leads and contrast it to the life of, of the fool. This is the cry of wisdom and understanding. Listen, for I will speak excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth and wickedness is an abomination of my lips. All the words of my lips are with righteousness. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They're all straightforward, or, or I speak plainly, uh, is, is, is what the, the word in the original tells you. I speak plainly. I speak straightforward to the one who will understand. And <clears throat> I speak correct to those who find knowledge. The one who follows the path of wisdom will be easily understood. He, he lives in a world where as far as possible he stays away from gray areas. He knows the things that should be applied to life, the things that are applied to life that make life successful. And these are the things that he speaks. I'm not going to twist what I say, verse uh, 8. I'm not, going to I'm, not, I'm not going to be a person who's going to use words to try to get around what really needs to be said. I'm going to be plain, and I'm going to be correct in what I say to those who find knowledge. Now, sometimes... This kind of approach can be offensive to people. But I've learned through the years that one really should never be offended by what is true. Truth is stronger than fiction, and uh, truth stands the test of time. 
My daddy taught me early in life, son, if you're going to lie, you need to have a perfect memory. Because you'll always have to fall back on that same tale. And, you know, when interrogations come about in police work, they'll, they'll separate the parties and they'll see if one story is different from the other one. And then they'll just keep asking them the same questions over and over again. And then they may divert it a little bit. Tell me a little something about your family. Where are you from? Now, let's get back to the case. Tell me again. Uh, now, where did you say you were? You know, what were you doing? It'll always, if they're trying to get out of it, it'll always be a different story than what it was to begin with. However, the truth is easily remembered. And a person who tells the truth right up front, that, that story, you know, it just, it just doesn't falter. Well, here, the teacher is saying, my lips are with, are with righteousness. The, the word is also translated uh, just or justice. I'm, 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 I'm right in what I say, and I'm not going to twist it. I'm not going to play with words. Going to be plain and straightforward. And if you'll be understanding, this will teach you something. You will find knowledge. You will find an area that uh, you've never entered into before, but you will find the principles that are important to that particular area. So, to those who find knowledge. Okay, so here's the description of. Uh, the assets of a person regarding wisdom. Receive my instruction, not silver. Knowledge is chosen above gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. All desirable things cannot be compared to it. Or another way to translate that, there's not a desirable thing in the world that could be compared to wisdom, instruction, discipline, knowledge. You see, your, your toolbox is well equipped to deal prosperously in life if your toolbox has in it the ability to receive instruction, knowledge, and wisdom. Verse 12, I am wisdom. I dwell with shrewdness. In other words, they're, they're, they're roommates. They stay in the same home. I dwell with shrewdness and knowledge and purpose. I will discover. So wisdom puts a person on the path of discovery. Shrewdness, the roommate, keeps the person focused on, on what the purpose he seeks is all about. So wisdom with shrewdness and then knowledge and purpose will be discovered. These discoveries are just, are just awaiting the one who goes with wisdom and shrewdness. Verse 13, the fear of Yahweh is to hate evil Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and a perverse mouth. 
or a crooked mouth. These I hate. Remember way back at the first of Proverbs, we are taught almost immediately that the fear of Yahweh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. If you don't have a proper relationship, a proper understanding, a, a, a proper uh, reverence for, for Yahweh, the, the great almighty God, the creator, if you don't have a proper relationship with him, then, then you don't have the foundation of real wisdom and, and real knowledge. You don't have it. You, you may try to build on that and you may, you may seem to be putting on top, something on top of it, but it can't stand the test and it'll always collapse, whatever it is a person does in his life. The fear of Yahweh, hate evil, hate pride and arrogance, the way of evil in a perverse mouth. Hate these things. He says, these, these ways of life that are evil and wicked, I have counsel and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Now, this is wisdom talking. I can, I can counsel you. I give you understanding, and I'm very powerful, very powerful. When your mind works in the right way, a person within himself becomes a very strong person. His, the essence of his, of his existence is, is built on a solid rock, and he is strong in how he lives. Kings reign with me or by me, beside me, and rulers legislate justice. By me, this is still wisdom talking, Princes govern or, or rule, and nobles and all the judges of the earth. The, the, the cry from wisdom on top of all those hills and mountains and in those busy intersections and gates of the city, the cry of wisdom is that everyone in authority have in, in, in his life wisdom. You can juxtapose this thing and you can say, without me, kings cannot reign. It'll last for a little while, it won't last long. Without me, rulers will not legislate justice. Without me, princes or governors, if you want to, use that as, as a word. By me, princes or those in authority, governors rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. They make their counsel and their decisions correctly by wisdom, but otherwise they won't without wisdom. They cannot, the prince cannot rule without wisdom. Nobles and judges cannot discern. They, they cannot give the proper rendering without wisdom. So you can look at it from the other side. I will love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. So this is within the realm of possibility of everybody. 
Everybody can seek diligently after wisdom and find the assets that wisdom brings with it. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and justice. Now this, this speaks of principled people who have established their lives on wisdom and instruction and understanding as it is presented here in the book of Proverbs by up until the time of Jesus, uh, the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. He understands the great assets that come with wisdom, which just to boil it down, it's a, it's a life of peace and prosperity, productivity, a life of honor, a life of dignity, a life that seeks out a long and honored life, unlike the other side, which in wickedness they die, they find death. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and justice. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue is better than choice silver. There are things in life that are of greater value than gold and silver. That's what he says here. You know, I, I go back, uh, Solomon writes Proverbs in the middle, at the pinnacle of his life. As a very young man, he writes the Song of Solomon. It's a love-starved young man. And uh, it's very graphic in the way he talks about his love for this young shepherdess. Then as a, as, a, as a man of worldwide importance in his day and the great successes that he's had as a leader, he writes Proverbs and he shares this wisdom that God has gifted him and resourced him with. And so we read this here in, in Proverbs. Then, of course, as he slips into later life, he slips into sin. And in that life of sin, he becomes a, a taggered, old, pitiful man who can't find sleep. He can't sleep. Even though he's the wealthiest man in the world, he can't find contentment in his riches. Uh, he just he has all kinds of, of uh, anxieties and problems later in life because, frankly, he forsook the way of the Lord. And he writes in Ecclesiastes in a particular place about how, how blessed the man who works his day, collects his wages and comes home at night, and he lives a life of peace and he's able to come home and just go to sleep. And he has a nice night of sleep and he gets up the next morning and he Solomon follows that by saying, I, I can't find sleep. I can't sleep. And then he goes into this, to paraphrase, he goes into this explanation about how worried he is over all of his, over all of his money, all of his riches and so forth. He should have gone back and read his book, you know, uh, when he got to that point in time. 
because there are things that are better than gold or silver. I will go in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and I will fill their treasuries. A, a life, first of all, built on a relationship with the Lord and then following the principles that God establishes in his word and to live by wisdom and discipline and instruction and knowledge and so forth. This brings a person onto a successful path in life. So he discovers that there is, there is personal wealth for him. This doesn't mean that he's, he's some multi-billionaire. But what it means, it's an interesting word. It speaks, of, it speaks of the overall prosperity of his life. And I will fill their treasuries. So what does a person treasure? Uh, the Lord Jesus spoke of uh, treasures in heaven, you know. So there, there, there's a broader way when you think about it to look at wealth and the fullness of treasuries. The person who listens to wisdom and who follows wisdom will find himself successful in life and at peace with himself and a life full of contentment. The self-description of the presence at creation. Okay, so we're still, wisdom is still talking here. Interesting passage. It's all interesting. Yahweh possessed or created me. The word can be translated either way. Created me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. In the context of this, it doesn't mean that Yahweh just sort of grew up and started down a path. That's not what this means at all. This means, and you'll see in the context, he's talking about creation. When Yahweh began his way, now, his way, of course, begins in Genesis 1-1, carries us all the way through to the Revelation 22-21, all things in between, and carries us in that latter, very last part of Revelation into a new heaven and a new earth. So he's talking about the creation as we know it and understand it and are a part of. Yahweh created me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. So one of the first things that comes into that phrase, in the beginning, God, is that God established wisdom. This is a very deep philosophical thought. Suppose God had not determined that there was a difference between foolishness and wisdom, we would live in chaos. We wouldn't have any kind of a life to live at all. And then, you know, before there was visible light, God created light. 
in contrast to darkness and the principle of, and God saw the light and it was good. God established the difference between good and evil. If we didn't have that, if we didn't have a moral code, if we didn't have the difference between good and evil, if we didn't have the difference between wisdom and foolishness, I guess we would have already self-destructed. But God brought that into the beginning, and that's what wisdom says here. He brought me into the beginning of his way, in the beginning, before his works of old. From everlasting I have been established, from the beginning before earth ever was. I was brought forth, and I've got it underlined twice there because it speaks of like, uh, like it, it's a, it, it's a phrase that also speaks of bringing forth a child, giving birth to a child. I was brought forth when there were no depths, when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the, the very beginning dust, the, the first dust of the world. This was established, now you think of the eternal wisdom of God. God brought into his creation wisdom which would be available for mankind so that mankind could learn how to focus on success and prosperity, how to, how to focus on justice and righteousness and self-discipline. That came in with the creation before even God brought forth the very first dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. Isn't that interesting? You can't translate that any other way. When he drew a circle, you know, Isaiah writes, he sits upon the circle of the earth. I mean, this is before... This is before Columbus ever sailed the ocean blue or the Vikings or whoever. There was already a, a round world. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth and I was as a master craftsman beside him. And I was his delight every day, rejoicing before him at all times, rejoicing in his world of his earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. So it's like a cheerleader. Wisdom is cheering the plan and purpose and creative power of God and especially delights in the coming of the sons of men, humanity, humankind, especially delights in that. So all the way, God begins his way, that is his way of creating everything as he saw fit. And right there created by God was wisdom. And wisdom was always there. Now wisdom is shared. We see here, wisdom cries out to people to be instructed it's almost like an evangelistic call. You know, the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. 
Wisdom was there all along. So here is the conclusion, and again, a call to attention. So now my children, listen to me, for blessed are those who guard my ways. Hear instruction and become wise and do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching my gates day by day, waiting at the doorposts of my entrances. For whoever finds me finds life, and he has obtained pleasure or favor from Yahweh. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. That's pretty self-explanatory. The, the, the powerful importance of wisdom, of the way of wisdom, and how blessed is the person who seeks after it and watches for it, ready to receive it, listen to it, hear it, apply it to his life. Well, we'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.